Okay, imagine this. You finished tightening the last nut on the wheel of your dream vehicle. You were very lucky in how you got it. It sort of just fell into your lap. You got it from an insurance company. It was listed as totaled, and it was a very low price, but it wasn't very damaged. You spent the last six months destroying it back to its former glory. You take a step back from the tire and admire your handiwork. The vehicle got rear-ended, and it pushed into the car in front of it. The front and back were crumpled, and the insurance company classified it as totaled. You fixed the body, put your favorite engine in it, as it wasn't originally there, and you've repainted it to your favorite color. You look at your watch. It's later than you thought. Midnight. You decide you're going to take it for a drive before you go to bed. You open the garage door and step out into the cool desert night and look up at the sky. You see so many stars out there, more than you ever had when you lived in the city. You get in the vehicle and fire it up. The perfectly tuned engine purrs in the night. You back out and close the garage door. You drive down your driveway and turn right onto the dirt road towards the highway. You look out into the night and see some eye shine suspiciously high off the ground. It unnerves you so you drive just a little faster. You see the stop sign in front of you and you slow down and turn left onto the highway. You reach down and turn on the CD player you installed. You turn on your favorite driving album, lean back in the seat and slowly accelerate, feeling the smooth ride and the hum of the engine as you go faster and faster into the night. You see something ahead of you alongside the road. You slow down as you get closer and pull off just in front of it. You remember the eye shot as you get out, so you pull out a tire iron from underneath the seat and you get out of the vehicle. You walk up to what appears to be an ancient and ornate chest. There's no lock, so you open it. You see dozens of vials and jars full of liquid and body parts from various animals. You also see a worn, leather-backed tome with some strange runic symbols on it. In the lid of the chest, you see an old, webbly revolver, but not in any way you've ever seen it before. It's a shiny silver instead of a dark blue, and the grips are genuine mother of pearl. On top of that, it has runic engravings and strange symbols that remind you of sigils you've seen on television shows you've seen before. The gun is loaded. Next to it, in the lid, are 12 more rounds, each of the pentagram carved into the top. Next to those is a large dagger engraved with more runes, the blade made of Damascus steel and with antler handles. You decide to take it into town in the morning to the police department in case anyone is looking for it. You open the trunk and place it in. You get back into the driver's seat and look at your watch. It's 12.30. All of a sudden, there's a bright light and now your watch reads 2.30. All of a sudden, your chest hurts with a pain you've never experienced before. You look and see a large incision down your chest and on the back of your right hand, there's one mark surrounded by six more in a circle. The pain subsides and you decide to drive a little while longer to the next town then head back home. You turn on a podcast about conspiracies and odd things and encounters and drive for a while. The episode you're listening to ends as you reach the next town. You look in the rearview mirror and two stars suddenly zoom off. You pull into a 24-hour gas station to fill your vehicle and you go inside and get a cola and use the restroom. As you walk back to your car and climb in, you notice the pistol from the chances of the passenger seat as well as the 12 extra rounds. You think to yourself that's odd, but you need to get home. You try to start the vehicle, but it won't turn over. You look up from the dashboard and notice a hooded figure standing in front of your car. You tuck the gun in the back of your waistband as you get out of the car. You ask the figure if there's anything you can do to help them. The figure pulls the hood back. Standing in front of you is the most disfigured and frightening man you've ever seen. He has black eyes and teeth. He snarls, pulls out a sword, and hisses, Return the chest or die. Without thinking... You pull the Webley out and fire it straight at his chest. He tries to lunge at you, but he's stuck in place. You jump back into your car. Suddenly it starts, and you throw it into reverse and tear out of the parking lot, driving it as fast as you can towards home. The brand new engine is screaming as you hit the open road. The light of the dawn is slowly illuminating mountains of the distance. There are no mountains in this area. You look behind you. More mountains. Something's wrong. 
You look into the rearview mirror. The motorcycle is getting closer and closer. You think that it must be the man from the gas station. You reach down and flip the first of two switches you installed in the vehicle. You turn on the supercharger you mounted to the engine. You start to pull away from the motorcycle. Your relief is short-lived as the motorcycle starts gaining on you again. You pull the revolver back out. The motorcycle pulls up alongside you. It's the man from the gas station. You point the gun at his head this time and fire. He freezes in midair and the motorcycle speeds along without him. You bump it with your vehicle and it falls over. You reach down and flip the other switch. It turns on a nitrous oxide system you installed and the engine screams as you go faster and faster into the night. You slow down and you see a white church appear. You decide to stop and take refuge, if that really is a demon. You stop, pop out, and get the trunk from the back, and you head inside the church. It looks old and run down. There are runes and sigils covering the walls, and you think this is obviously the headquarters to a cult. You look out a window in the back of the church, and you see six fresh graves in one unfilled hole. You realize that they were the ones that summoned the demon. The ritual must have killed six of them, and the seventh must have tried to escape with the trunk, but was possessed by the demon before he could. You decide to look for any way to destroy the demon and escape. You start reading through the tome that was in the chest. It tells of a way to summon demons and then destroy them. Once you summon the demon, you have to use the revolver and the knife. You have to shoot the demon in five places to completely immobilize him. The head, both hands, and feet. Then you have to run his heart through with a knife, similar to the vampire stories you read when you were younger. You place the tome back in the chest and pull out the knife. You reload the revolver and you sit and wait. As the surroundings are getting brighter, you hear heavy footsteps approaching the church. The door swings open and the demon steps in. You raise the revolver and say very resolutely, This ends now. The demon throws his head back and lets loose a deep, disturbing laugh. You cock the gun and shoot him. He hisses, You think that will stop me? Then you shoot his hand, then the other, then his foot. The demon starts to look worried. You shoot the last spot and he tries to move, but he can't. In an effort to appear unworried, he points out that you don't have the knife. You fall silent as you pull it out of your boot and twirl it in your hand. He starts to try and beg as you run towards him with the knife raised, and with a hearty shout you plunge it through his chest. There's a white light and you wake up in your bed. You look at the clock. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. You think to yourself that was the weirdest dream you've ever had. You look at your hand. The marks are there. You look at your chest. There's an incision. You get a sinking feeling in your chest. You get out of bed and sitting there at the foot of your bed is in the ancient chest. You open it and find the contents of the chest from the night before, all placed back where they belong. You see a note on your bedside table that reads, You can go back to your old life, or you can come and help people. Meet me in town when you wake up. You decide you want to help people. You go to your closet to retrieve your old riding gear from when you rode a motorcycle. An old brown leather jacket, a khaki captain shirt, reinforced jeans, and an old pair of brown riding boots. You find some extra things, like a holster for the revolver and a sheath for the knife. You put them on your belt, and you head down to your garage. You get in your vehicle, which somehow showed up back in your garage. You back out of the garage and drive into town. You pull into the parking lot of a diner and go inside. You order your usual breakfast and sit and wait. After about a minute or two, a man in a black leather jacket and jeans walks up to you. He asks if that's your vehicle outside. You say yes, and he re replies with that he's very impressed and, if, and asks if he can take a seat. You say he can, and you ask, so, did you leave the note? He says yes, he did, and he's impressed with your work. He asks if you've ever done that before. You tell him the story of why you were out there the night before. He doesn't quite believe that you were abducted, but you unbutton your shirt and show him the scar. He says that he believes you now, and asks if you'd like a chance to help people. You say, of course, that's why you're here after all. He says he can teach you, but you have to come with him and go to his compound. You agree, and he tells you that once you go with him, there's no going back. You tell him that won't be a problem. 
He welcomes you to the ranks of the Seekers with a shake of his hand. He explains that they continually search for a way to rid the world of all evil. Your food comes and you eat before you leave. You finish eating and pay. You follow him outside and let loose a low whistle when you see his car. This is a pristine 1973 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, the rare paint job. It's white with a blue Firebird on the hood. He has the panels at the T-top. He turns back and half smiles, half smirks when he hears your whistle. He asks if you brought the chest with you. You say that you didn't, but we can go back to the house and retrieve it. He proposes a little race, but he says you can't use the supercharger or the nitrous oxide. You agree, and you both turn out of the parking lot. He pulls ahead about a mile away from your house, but that lead is short as he overshoots the turnoff onto the dirt road. He has to slow down as he's not used to dirt. You pull into your driveway and notice a familiar motorcycle in front of the house. You stop, get out, and pull out the gun from the holster. The other man finally pulls up and notices your gun out. You run over to him and tell him it's the motorcycle from the night before. He volunteers to go in and sweep the house. You tell him that you'll be in right behind him. You pull out the knife and walk over to the motorcycle, slash the tires, cut the fuel line and brake lines, then you head inside. You meet up with a man, and you both notice a man from the night before and decide to get the chest and sneak away. You go upstairs and grab the chest. The man still hasn't moved. You both go out to your vehicles, and you load the chest into the back of yours. You both start your cars at once and tear away from the house. You are following the man now, and you are going towards this compound. You are home free. You reach down and turn on the CD player. You stop and at the same gas station to fuel up. The man says it's only about three hours now. You drive for a while when you cross the mountains and are suddenly in a thick and ancient forest. About an hour later, you both pull off into a small path and drive for another 30 minutes before you reach the compound gates. He opens the gates and you drive through. You drive to an old tunnel and get out and go through a doorway and you enter a rustic library. The man says, welcome to your new home. And you think to yourself that life has gotten a whole lot more interesting. Imagine this podcast is written, produced, and edited by Lawrence Link. Imagine this is a storytelling podcast from your point of view. New episodes come out every two weeks. You can find us online at Facebook at Imagine This Podcast, Instagram at Imagine This Pod, Twitter at Imagine This Pod 1, that is the number 1, and imaginethispod.wixsite.com forward slash Imagine This. Imagine This can be heard on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thank you for imagining this story with me.